You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you very much for your presence. Thank you. Now let's start talking about the relations um, between Brazil and South Africa. We know we are the third, I guess, um, country that sells to your country. Is that right? That's true. No, in fact, relations between South Africa and, and Brazil, even in the commercial sector, go back a long time. Uh, you know, Brazil opened uh, its consulate in Cape Town in 1918, 1918 already. Uh, so we've had relations over the years. And um, in, in 1948, that's when uh, diplomatic relations were opened between the, the two countries. Although at the time they were at a level just lower than an ambassador. Um, and uh, then South Africa opened an embassy in 1971 uh, in Brasilia. And uh, Brazil opened an embassy in South Africa in 1974 in Pretoria. So we've had the long period of relations, um, of course, uh, ups and downs, because as you know, both our countries have had their own ups and downs. Uh, you have had democracy, you had periods when you didn't have democracy. In South Africa, we had an apartheid regime for a long time. And in 1985, Brazil took a position to lower relations with South Africa and restrict diplomatic relations with South Africa. And of course, when 1994 came, when South Africa gained its own political independence, then the basis was laid for really good, firm relations between the two countries. So relations right now are, are quite strong. And uh, we interact at the level of a commission, a ministerial commission, which is headed by your foreign minister and our foreign minister. That is supposed to meet every, every other two years and is scheduled to meet towards the end of the year. We've just uh, had uh, preparatory meetings uh, by senior officials of both countries to prepare for that meeting. So relations, relations are, are quite strong. And what about BRICS and Mercosur? We have a really strong relation uh, in that matter too, right? No, absolutely. Besides the bilateral relations, uh, which are strong, and of course, uh, in terms of commerce and trades, we can do better to strengthen them because right now um, we export to Brazil in the range of uh, 600 million and Brazil in the range of 900,000 uh, million of dollars, which, which is very minimal if you look at the sizes of, of our populations and the sizes of our economy. But there is a reason for that. You already told me that the fact that we are so similar that's why that's so difficult, right? No, that's, that's an opportunity and a challenge. The fact that uh, we're in the same climate zone, so we produce almost the same things. Most of the things we produce in the area of agriculture, Brazil produces at a much larger scale and exports them. But there are niche areas where we produce some of the things that you don't produce or you don't produce them so well. And, and there are other areas, of course, where you are just dominant and, and you export all over the world, including South Africa. So there's an opportunity there for us to export to Brazil. I mean, we produce some types of grapes. We've got some types of breeds of animals uh, that we breed in South Africa that 
Brazil is in is in interested in. Uh, we've got some specialized uh, agricultural products like rooibos. We oh, talked about Oh, that's something that we really don't have. Yes, here. which is which is an indigenous uh, herb in South Africa, which we export uh, 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 all over the world. And I haven't seen rooibos in Brazil, and that's an opportunity again to export. And of course. I've been to a number of restaurants in Brasilia. I've not been able to to travel widely in, in Brazil. But one thing I always miss when I get there, I look at the wine list and I'm looking for South African wines. Oh, they're so good. We have it here. Of course we do. But, but most of the restaurants don't. And if you find one South African wine, you are lucky. And I always say to myself, oh, Brazil is missing so much because we've got a wide variety of good wines which we can actually export to Brazil. Oh, I agree with that. So uh, grape and fruits, are you are a big producer of grapes and fruits too? Especially the citrus fruits. Um, uh, we, next to Spain, we are the second largest uh, exporter of citrus fruits. So there's another area where we can really expand our exportation of citrus fruit to Brazil. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about the agreement that we have uh, in BRICS and the situation with Mercosur. You told me that uh, there are some, um, I don't know, some agreements that we are going to introduce and try to work and cooperate. What are they? What uh, what are the expectations of this kind of work? There's an agreement between Mercosur and uh, SACU, which is the Southern African Customs Union. Um, uh, there's still a, a number of challenges there. It's an agreement that's still to be fine-tuned because in as much as there's an agreement, but there are some countries that have got still some reservations about some of the terms of that agreement. So discussions are going on to actually try and fine-tune uh, and redress some of those areas where other countries are not, are not, are not happy about. And of course, as you know, even within Mercosur itself, uh, you've got your own challenges as, as the countries under Mercosur about the terms in Mercosur, about the way the implementation is going. So the challenge is, is, I think, is on both sides, and we need to work together to fine tune that. In terms of BRICS, I think in BRICS, that is working very well. Um, uh, there are a lot of milestones that already are in place like the, the common bank for the BRICS, which is already established and one of the offices is in South Africa. So in terms of the BRICS agreements, discussions are really going on on schedule. The foreign ministers talk from time to time. Different ministries in different areas of discipline, they talk from time to time. So that discussion goes on. Now you mentioned these challenges and also we have opportunities. What do you think uh, we should do to strengthen our relationship? Of course, we should use these platforms that we have. You know, I mean, apart from BRICS, we've got IPSA, uh, which is another um, uh, um, uh, formation that we have with Brazil, a platform that we have with India, where also discussions are going on. But at a bilateral level, that's why we encourage these uh, uh, commissions uh, between the two countries. We encourage the ministers to talk. 
And we hope that in the near future, the presidents also we can have those kind of discussions at a presidential level, because we need to strengthen these relations. Those agreements that we have, a lot of them are memoranda of understanding, which needs to be turned into firm agreements. Uh, but apart from working at a governmental level, we're also working at the level of the private sector, uh, either in the form of different business organizations or institutions that are talking together. And we're encouraging that, and that's one of the thrusts of our work to encourage that kind of interaction. Now, in this matter, there is also an issue of the sanitary barriers, right? How are you working this subject? The, the sanitary barriers. Well, that's always a, a complicated matter because uh, as it happens, it ends up not just being a bilateral thing. It's also linked with the multilateral discussions that are taking place with other organizations. Uh, so this, that, that is another ongoing uh, discussion uh, which can only be resolved by talking. Uh, you know, one of the, of the, I think one of the challenges we have is that we find the Brazilian market kind of closed. Uh, it's very difficult to get into it because of, of, of a number of barriers uh, that are there in place. Um, the and, uh, we have to say, and it's also because we want to export and you want to export too, isn't it? Yeah, of course. As we said earlier on, uh, we produce almost the same things uh, to a very large extent. And you are the big exporter of most of those things. We also want to export, uh, but it doesn't have to be competition all the way because on some of the things, uh, it's, it, it, it's not just the competition that benefits us, but also it's cooperation because we can aggregate our efforts and work together and perhaps become a bigger market, a Brazilian South African market on those things where there is alignment of what we are trying to do. Of course, we should cooperate. So. Uh, tell a little bit about public policies that you have there in your country that maybe we could replicate, replicate here, use it to, or try and do it, our version of these public policies. What do we have there that you think it would be nice for us Brazilian to know about? Now, one of the biggest challenges we have in South Africa, you know, if you look at the agrotech industry, South Africa is quite developed. Um, we've got a lot of initiatives, we've got a lot of startups in that area. Um, and what we're trying to do is to link South Africa and Brazil so that the experiences that you have in that area and the progress we have made in research and development and what we have done in our, in our, on our side can be put together because we think by, in that way we can strengthen. For example, Later today, I'll be, I'll be going to Embrapa, and uh, we've got our own equivalent in South Africa, the, the Agricultural Research Council in South Africa. And uh, they've already started talking about working together, aggregating their efforts. So I'll be going there to listen to what they are doing, but also to go back to our own research council and say, I think we can do better here, we can do better there. What is it as a mission? as an ambassador that we can do to fast track this kind of cooperation. 
So I, I think that is another initiative that is already underway, which we need to encourage in order to make sure that we learn from each other. And there is also an agriculture and agro-processing sector master plan, right? Yes. The government is uh, trying to, uh, I don't know if it's already working. What does uh, it tries to do with the sector? Well, there are two challenges there in South Africa. You know, in South Africa, up until now, uh, the agricultural sector and the agribusiness sector is dominated by a few people. And uh, unfortunately, given our history, those people are white people. And the majority of black people have not really entered that sector uh, for many reasons. Uh, lack of skills, poor education, but also land redistribution that still needs to happen. Because under apartheid, the bulk of the land uh, that is usable uh, was under the hands of white people, which unfortunately up to now is still the case. And the government is working very hard to try and even change the legislation, facilitate the redistribution of land. So that, that's one of the, of the challenges that we had. And, and one of the things that the government is trying to do is to actually, apart from redistributing the land that is in white, hair, in white hands, but release the land that is owned by the government and the municipalities to greater number of people, not only for settlement, but also for agriculture. And uh, you, the feature of your agriculture is that you've got very large farms. We've got very large farms in South Africa, but they're in few hands, in small hands. You have large farms in, in Brazil, and we want to emulate that. But we need more and more people to get involved. It must be an inclusive process. And by it being an inclusive process, it actually also makes sure that our production levels are higher than what they are now, when the land that is arable, that is usable, is only in white hands. Now, you mentioned uh, the startups, the technology. How can you say innovation, science, and technology are being applied today uh, to help the industry in your country? You know, one way of fast-tracking empowerment of the people who were not empowered in the past is science. And we are benchmarking Brazil on a number of those areas because Brazil, I mean, is a is a good example of a country uh, that has used science in agriculture in order to increase productivity and the rate of, of production. And we're benchmarking on Brazil. We're looking at Brazil to see what is it that Brazil did which we can use in South Africa. So because of this transformation in the agricultural sector in South Africa, one of the ways in which we can speed that and make sure that we jump the stages that were followed by other countries because we're already coming into it at a late stage, is actually to use the science that is there. So that, that is one area where, for instance, that's why we're discussing with Embrapa to make sure that we synergize uh, the technologies that we have. And what about the climate change? We talked about a lot of challenges. That's a really big one, right? How uh, are you trying to um, face this, this problem? 
Climate change is a, is a serious problem all around the world. It is also a serious problem in South Africa. And um, one of the disadvantages we have is that we're a country that doesn't have uh, a lot of water. Um, uh, for instance, we, we get the bulk of our water from neighboring countries. Mm. A country like Lesotho, uh, we buy a lot, a lot of water from them. So a small change in the climate patterns affects our agriculture. So it becomes a serious problem. So there are two levels or three levels at which the government is trying to, to deal with it. Of course, to try and mitigate the impact of climate change, uh, uh, like for instance, uh, carbon tax and, and, and measures like that, uh, and, and practice uh, in every industry in such a way that we minimize the, the motor mobile, the, the, the car industry, the, uh, the other machineries that emit a lot of, uh, of carbon. So that is being done. But at another level, in terms of agriculture, is to be wiser and to use the latest research and findings to make sure that we find better ways of adapting in a situation where climate change is, is affecting our production. So science again. So science comes again. So the, the research in terms of the seeds that you need to use, what kind of plants you used to use. So that's another level in which the government is trying to deal with it. And that's something that we should do together because of Mbrapa and all uh, the technologies that That's exactly have. part of the synergies between Mbrapa and Agricultural Research Council, where we can find ways of researching and, and using those findings to improve. Now you told me that, of course, we have uh, the climates that are similar and that we have a kind of, we, we are both uh, exporters oriented countries, but we also have, uh, do we have something in common in the way we produce, in the way uh, we farm? How, uh, what do we have in common when we're talking about uh, the way of agribusiness, uh, the way of really doing that, that producing, uh, is that similar to or not? Well, it's similar in the sense that um, uh, our agriculture, our big farms are highly mechanized, like yours. Well, uh, we also have uh, family farmers here, and it's a really a big number of family farmers too, as small ones. You see, you've got a number of, of, of family farms. As I was saying, in our country, we've got a large number of people who want to do farming, but either they don't have access to land or they don't have the skills to farm or they are running short of finance in order. And these are the things that the government, so we've got similarities there in terms of how we do things, but Brazil, from what we have discovered, is slightly ahead of us in terms of using science to maximize production and to make sure that agriculture reaches a bigger number of your own people and a bigger number of your own people are able to get into farming and become profitable. In our case, a large number of people are not able yet to get into the agribusiness and become profitable. It's only a few people who are still able to do that. And you mentioned that uh, one of the biggest challenges to increase the productivity, right? Yes. And 
even though uh, it's a, a really difficult thing to do, it's possible to do with technology, as you, as you told me. And we have these challenges of the climate change and also the environmental issues. How is your country addressing this subject? Uh, uh, environmental challenge, yes. challenges. Well, environmental challenges is the same challenges that is presented by climate change. As, uh, as I was saying that our government is, is following different uh, uh, approaches in dealing with that. There is that of mitigating climate change. So putting legislation in, in place that governs each and every industry that has got an impact on the climate. Uh, but in terms of agriculture, doing more research to make sure that we, 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 we function in the agricultural sector in the most efficient way under the circumstances of climate change. So the, these are the major two areas that the government is pursuing. Yeah, that's the, the huge problem, right? To increase this productivity uh, and with sustainability. That's something that all the countries have to deal with right now, right? Yes. Now, uh, you told me that uh, we have opportunities. So I'd like to talk a little bit, a little bit about that. What are the main opportunities to uh, Brazilian producers and uh, people that are here in South Africa? The number of opportunities. You know, I've just said that uh, one of the reasons why we're talking to Embrapa and we're talking to other institutions in Brazil is because we recognize that Brazil is slightly ahead of us and there's a lot that we, we need to learn from Brazil. So we encourage Brazilian companies to actually invest in the agricultural sector in South Africa because we know that it's not just the question of transferring the skills that you already have, but also it's putting money so that we can transform our own agricultural sector. So that, that is very important for us. Uh, so we, we want Brazil to get involved. But also another opportunity for Brazil is that you know, uh, we talked about Mercosu, we talked about uh, SACU earlier on. Uh, if, if we can strengthen those corporations, then both of us benefit from this. Brazil will benefit from what is happening, not only in South Africa, but in the Southern African region. All those countries in the Southern, Southern African region that are part of, of SACU, Brazil can actually invest there and be operational there. And uh, as you might be aware, uh, the African continent has just established its own uh, free trade area. Um, and, and South Africa is, uh, incidentally, um, the, the, the Secretary General of, uh, of this free trade area is a South African. So we are trying to push not only the integration of the African continent in that sense, but also to say, what other economic zones, what other economic countries, powerful economic countries like Brazil, that can actually come and invest and be part of that process of the integration of the African continent? Because that development will need a lot of investment, not only from the African continent, from outside. And Brazil has got the economic and financial muscle, but also has got the know-how uh, to come and actually improve uh, that process of integration. So there's a, there are great opportunities for Brazil. And we hope we can expand these opportunities there. Thank you. Now, Ambassador, uh, 
To finish, I'd like to know your vision about our country. You are here since uh, 2021, in the middle of the pandemic. So uh, now, what, what do you think about our country? Is that what you thought it would be? You know, I talked about similarities between Brazil and South Africa and also differences. You know, one of the similarities we have is um, the demographics. Um, you, you've, you've got people from all over the world in Brazil who have come and settled in Brazil. But also we've got a large number of African people who are now part of the culture here. Uh, we call them the, the African diaspora. Uh, South Africa is very, is very interested, very, very interested in ensuring that we exploit that similarity that we have to ensure people-to-people -people relations between our countries because by encouraging that people-to-people -people relations, we are encouraging in integration uh, between our countries. We are encouraging movement between our two countries, not only our two countries, but uh, Brazil and, and the region of Southern Africa, or even South America and the region of, 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 of Southern Africa, or even Africa. So it is very important. That's one of the areas that we are, we are very interested in to encourage that. And of course, you know, I met the, um, uh, the deputy governor here, um, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? And it was at the height of the Olympics in Japan. And I was saying to him, I'm, I'm, I'm overawed, I'm impressed. Uh, when I look and I follow the Olympics because I like sport, that Brazil is participating in almost every court uh, in, in, uh, in the Olympics, something that we don't have. So it means at the cultural and sporting level, there's a lot that we can learn from Brazil. How do you organize your sport? How do you encourage your sports people? How do you train them? What science uh, underpins that? Which we in South Africa, we can use because um, in South Africa, our performance in the Olympics was not, was not impressive. We have performed better in the past. We didn't perform uh, well this time, uh, which means there's something wrong that is happening. So what can we learn from Brazil? So there are many areas in which uh, we can cooperate, not only in the hard economic sense, but also people, people relations, culture, sports, and so forth. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Master. Thank you. You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.